0: Hello and welcome to the Fidesz Club. This is the show where we get people from around the world to tell you how they saw the news from the past month. This is show number 32 for January 2011. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fetus Club. Thank you very much uh, to my co-hosts for not laughing at that very elegant January, uh that I just said. Uh, my co- co-hosts were laughing earlier, and it's understandable because they're all very funny. Scott Johnson is with us, uh, as well as... Mm, hey,
2: Patrick. I have, a, I have a by yes. the way, a cough switch. So when I laugh, I hold that down.
0: That is very kind of you. Uh, Charles is also there And uh, as usual, Turkey is joining us uh, as well um, Scott is And from Turkey the... is
3: here from the Middle East Where we have the uh, great 2011
0: yeah, It starts well uh, We're going to be talking about this uh, Just before that though I want to make sure that our listeners uh, know where everyone is from Scott of course has been on the show before uh, And he has a few others So everyone will know that he is from Utah very proud of it. Too. Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. The beautiful West Desert of Utah.
0: Excellent. Uh Charles, however, is new to the show and uh he is staying up extremely late watching uh football to be with us, which uh, we are very thankful for. Um you're are you in Sydney, uh, Charles?
1: No, I'm in Melbourne. I'm in Melbourne. Okay. Uh, that... Melbourne's sort of been characterized for me as the kind of place where uh it's more impressive if you're a barista than you are a barrister. That's something that defines Melbourne quite well. Cafe culture is king here.
0: Uh, see, I, I, I don't know what a barista is, but I think it's funny that it sounds like uh, the other word you said.
1: Dear Lord, you don't know what a barista is. <laughs> no, I don't. Don't <laughs> oh, mate, the person that makes coffee. What is it? A person that makes coffee.
0: Oh, okay. So, see, I don't like coffee. It's an
1: Italian word for a, for a coffee, mate. You could, <laughs> call yourself European, I don't know. <laughs> um,
0: what time is it for you now? Uh, ooh, 20 to 4 in the morning.
2: Oh, Jeez. my gosh.
0: All right. And it is also, uh, some might not realize, the middle of summer uh, for you.
1: Yep, we're looking forward to 40 degrees tomorrow down in Melbourne, so just another summer's day.
0: 40 degrees Celsius for you dirty employees, is it? Yes, I have to deal with the international (laughs) difference, that's right. (laughs) Um, All right, thanks so much for being here um, and uh, for staying up this late for us. Uh, Turkey is also, um, well, you also know him, of course, he is from Saudi Arabia, and he's with us every single episode, so it won't be a surprise. Um, All right, Turkey. Show the
3: love, Patrick, show the love.
0: I'm showing the love to everyone. Are you feeling, (laughs) Turkey, are you feeling not enough love coming from me? Is that is that what no, you're
3: trying to say? No, I'm not feeling it, Patrick. I'm really sad at the okay. moment. Okay,
0: well, you know what? I'm, go- <laughs> I'm going to be um, extremely um, demonstrative with you now because I'm going to take your part of the world and make it the main topic of the show um, today. Ooh! Before I do that, though, I want to thank the chat room that assembled in record time because we're actually streaming with multiple video streams from all around the world. Thanks to the uh, new video version feature of Skype. Uh, So thanks to the chat room for being here. I hope you enjoy the show. Um, So yeah, first topic that I want to mention, which is, to be completely honest, the main topic that has occupied um, our news cycles here in, in France is, of course, the Middle East and what has happened in Tunisia and what is happening as we speak in Egypt. Um, Just so if in case people have not listened to the previous show, um, we had sort of a a debate, I guess, um, earlier this month in very early January about the fact that uh, what was happening in Tunisia was making the news for us in France every single day. And it was enormously uh, presented as enormously important. And Turkey made the very good point that I was, when I was saying that I was surprised it wasn't being reported as much in the other parts of the world, Turkey made the point that this was really um, news mainly coming from uh, older um, French colonies. And that was maybe why we were getting more of it here in France. Um, and then. You see, if,
3: uh, Patrick, French colonies, ex French colonies are not very popular. Now, Egypt. An ex-British colony, apparently everybody knows about it.
0: Well, you know, it's, so there are really two parts of the, the, the main parts of the story here. The first one is Tunisia and then there's Egypt. But if, if we focus on Tunisia for just a second, when we last spoke, I was saying uh, that I didn't really see how, and I think we sort of were agreeing on this, Turkey, we didn't really see how things could evolve into a full complete um, revolution and then the next day we woke up and all of a sudden it was a full complete revolution. Because what I was saying was that um, the, the the it would turn into a conflict. If it was to be a revolution, it would turn into a conflict and it would have to become bloody. And for some reason, without any... Any ex- any real uh, logic to it? Well, there was of course a lot of logic, but it it didn't follow our reasoning, which means obviously it wasn't logical. Um, I, I I went to bed one day and then I woke up and all of a sudden um, Ben Ali had left the had left power. It didn't seem like there was enough pressure for him to just leave without even trying to fight it, but apparently there was because he just he just left and Tunisia just became. a a successful uh, revolution. Um, I'm sort of blabbering on here. From what I heard
3: from the news, Patrick, that he was tricked out of the country.
0: Hmm. That's interesting. Apparently
3: apparently his uh, head of uh, security convinced him that he needs to leave. And the head of security was planning to take over control. Okay. That's why, uh, if you follow the news, he never resigned officially. Right. Because he was planning to come back.
0: Oh, I, well, he can't have been that silly that he was like, oh, I'm going to leave and then I'm going to come back in a minute. And, you know, in a couple of well, weeks his security, and everything's going to be fine. the head
3: of his security said, you need to leave for a few days until we get things done, set up. Okay. And, then that's, and then he was overthrown by that uh, constitution two days later.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I guess we didn't really hear about that uh that aspect of it, but um it's it's I guess that's how it's happened because i don 't really see why he would leave anyway, but if you know the muscle tells him just you know be safe and we'll we'll make it we'll take care of it we'll take care of it, boss um and then all of a sudden he's he's not the boss anymore um but i I'm very curious though to to hear um from Scott and Charles because first of all from Scott because what we heard on the previous episode, was that this didn't really even make the news. I'm guessing that when he actually left and the, the thing started propagating, then it did make the news and more than a little.
2: Well, part, part of the or one of the things I always have to sort of take into account uh, for my news consumption is that I dumped cable and satellite about three years ago and I get everything I get, I get online. <clears throat> so I get a much broader take, I get a lot more coverage than i would have with you know two or three 24-hour news stations with their own slant or their own coverage and mm-hmm. so in my case i saw a ton of the tunisia stuff and we're seeing a ton of what's happening in egypt um but i think even, on the even whole or
0: even before ben ali uh, left
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. This this came up pretty quick. And of course, it was all over Twitter. But again, that's me getting my news from this. A lot of the same sources you do. But as far as what like the mainstream media over here covered, I can't speak to that too much except to say Egypt is getting a lot more coverage uh, than it did. Whether whether Tunisia got a fair shake in terms of total coverage, I can't really say. But I can say, having seen a couple of things here in the last couple of days, uh, on regular old, good old fashioned non-internet TV, um, uh, Egypt is a huge topic of uh, uh, on on the on the lips of every major network and every station. So I don't know what the difference is. I don't know why that makes more news is Tunisia just less of a more of a blip on people's maps, and, and Egypt is a bigger deal. Uh, I don't know, but. what the 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 general consensus i seem to see and i feel this too is i'm curious about how this is these kinds of revoltings are perceived in the region as a whole It, it does it feel like a trend toward toppling 30 year old governments and starting over is it a trend toward democracy is it a trend away from democracy like that stuff isn't being discussed and i'm I'm super yeah. curious about. It. I don't. I don't even know if Turkey can speak to that or not, or whether you know, I, from from his well, perspective. But it it feels like changes in the in the air anyway.
0: Yeah, we can get into the broader discussion uh, just in a, in a few minutes. I just want to finish the the roundtable uh, round. Table round. Uh, and go to charles because first of all he's <laughs> he's he's very far away physically from all these concerns but you know i'm sure obviously they've they've been discussed but you also have a, I, th- I, think, I think i think charles
3: other... has a bigger concern at the moment yeah
0: exactly you have a a, a whole other <laughs> world of trouble uh, in your area of the world so uh what was your you know your um view of all of this
1: so uh, quite similar to what Scott said, the, um, the, uh, the uh, events in Tunisia have, uh, have sort of blipped on the uh, popular media, but uh, what we're seeing in Egypt is uh, significantly more extensively covered. Um, in fact, to be perfectly honest, I only know about Tunisia as a result of Egypt. Uh, I I was not uh, directly aware of a lot of trouble in Tunisia until the Egypt report started coming through and telling us that they were inspired by the events in Tunisia. Um, That could be my uh, uh, slight media blackout that happens from time to time and not paying close attention to what's going on in the news every now and then. But uh, um, you wouldn't have been able to stay away from what's happening in Egypt, uh, whether you were paying close attention to the news or not. And that's starkly contrasted with the events in Tunisia. Uh, i'm i'm very interested in uh getting onto the more detailed discussion in a short while i think scott 's a couple of scott 's points so i'd i 'd take a little bit further in a slightly different uh direction as well so uh yeah looking forward to that chat
0: yeah that's that's definitely um that 's definitely more consistent with what we heard last month but um let's yeah let 's move on to to egypt and it it i have to be completely honest it also feels like with Egypt getting into the the same movement, that is when it completely exploded because we we sort of felt like it might spread to uh, Algeria or something like that, more of the, the northern African, you know, um, western northern African countries, but this thing in, in uh, Egypt is kind of... that's not where we saw it, we thought it was going to go, and it does uh, bring it does raise a lot of hope in general for the the, the movement, the general movement that it is getting into um, but it also raises concerns and we can talk about these concerns uh, a little bit later, but by the way I, I have to ask Turkey we didn't even mention this, but Ben Ali when he left Tunisia, he went to Saudi Arabia, I, I'm not sure he's still there uh, from what we know he hasn't left um, how was that perceived like how how is it reported on how is it perceived in in Saudi Arabia and the fact that he he went there
3: Uh, well he is still here and uh, official media did not do report much about it other than that the king has welcomed him and gave him uh, haven Mm. and uh, in the public opinion uh, the majority are pissed off that they gave him haven in Saudi However, the problem is it comes down to our culture and the Saudi culture and Bedouin culture specifically If someone comes to you and asks for your protection, you really have no option but to accept giving him protection Mm. If you turn him back, then that's a complete uh, Insult and uh, a shameful thing to do And of course Saudi Arabia did give him uh, uh, Asylum However, there was a condition which is they usually give to anybody who asks for asylum, complete blackout from media and complete blackout from any political activities.
2: Hmm. So So he, what's the what do you do long term when that happens? Does he stay there forever? Does he eventually you know up, say ah, I'm, to I'm moving to Maryland. Yeah.
3: Well, as long as he doesn't speak about, uh, doesn't interfere in politics or talks to the media, he can stay as long as he wants. As soon as he starts uh, interfering with politics or media, then he's kicked out.
0: So, so he would actually be kicked out, you think, if he started campaigning for, you know, expressing his opinion or?
3: Definitely, yeah, 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 because that would be against the conditions of his asylum.
0: Okay, so the people is not welcoming him in any way. It's just, okay, we have to do it, but, you know, just keep your... Yeah, yeah,
3: most, most people are really pissed off that day. We welcomed him, but uh, our culture, our traditions did not give us a choice in this. And uh, I believe that was the right thing. I really don't, in my own belief system, it's our culture. And I do believe that if someone comes to us for your protection, you have, to, you have to protect him.
0: Okay, I see um the other thing that is remarkable about both of these um movements is is how of course we're a podcast on the internet we have to mention the fact that it is completely fueled by the internet and social networks um and the fact that is is really uh, a leaderless revolution. At least it was in Tunisia. It, it's starting to become a little bit different in in, uh, in Egypt, but it's really fueled and powered by the internet. Um, certainly it wouldn't be completely non-existent if there was no internet, but still, it's, it's really um, uh, it, 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 the internet is what makes it possible, and specifically Facebook and Twitter, so much so that um, the the... Government in Egypt completely cut people off the Internet, completely cut off the Internet a few days ago. They had to bring it back more or less uh, because the country just stops if they don't have connection to the outside. But uh, any thoughts on this or?
2: Yeah, we we had a we had a weird um, in the States. We had a weird kind of follow up to that. Um, and that was kind of an, a, a bit of outrage over a senator's comment. Senator Joseph Lieberman, former presidential candidate and Democratic Party uh, Senate dude, Joseph Lieberman. Um, the one that Jon Stewart always says sounds like droopy for those out there who may not know who that is. anyway, <laughs> he, he kind uh, of he, looks like, too. <laughs> yeah, he, he looks just like him and sounds like him. But um he, he came out essentially or, or so, some stuff was revealed where he wants to do the same thing. He wants the U.S. to have the ability in time of crisis or something to be able to literally flip a switch and turn the entire Internet off, in his words. And um, people flipped out. That is that is absolutely an unacceptable <laughs> form of anything in this in this country according to most people according to our culture and that would be really really bad so he's he's taking all kinds of heat today for um for stating such a thing he thinks it's you know people think it's ridiculous he likes he likes the fact that you know the government would have a way to sort of control that and stop the flow of information which just seems contrary to everything else we claim to to think or believe about the flow of information so that was that was an interesting twist on that
0: which is also oh sorry someone else was going to no, okay. I don't think so. Um, which is also also brings us to uh, the government's uh, voices in general in this. Uh, I'm sort of following a, a, a plan of uh, a, of talking about every aspect of this, and you'll see where I'm going in the end. Uh, the governments are have not been extremely vocal, it's specifically in the case of Tunisia and even in Unbelievable. Egypt. Unbelievable! Ooh, something happened, um, but. In, 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 uh, they haven't been very vocal in their support to the people and a lot of uh, well people have been critical of this at least in, in France and in Tunisia the government was very timid Uh, And even in Egypt, in the case of Egypt now, um, the the government has issued a a document that, you know, says the government of Egypt should be careful with what they do and not resort to violence and things like that. But they have not come out in support specifically um, of the people. And that is a little bit... um, I don't know. Did you guys get the same kind of reaction? I mean very clearly in France we're getting a, a good job from the media in general saying their government you know, is not being very straightforward with this and sort of hesitant.
1: Are you talking about the French government or the Egyptian government?
0: Well, I'm, I'm saying that other governments in general have not come out and said what's happening in Egypt is du- super duper cool and let's support the people in their revolution as much as we can because if you think about it, um, basically, the biggest—I'm uh, going to be a little bit of, of a devil's advocate here. Um, the biggest critical aspect of what President Bush was doing when he invaded uh, Iraq was: you can't just sprinkle, you know, pixie freedom dust on the country. It has to come from the people, and 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 when that happens, then yes, there can be. A real revolution kind of thing, but if you just Um, go in and tell people you want democracy, then it's not going to work. And
3: now, Patrick, do you know what's the biggest opposition party in Egypt? I'm sorry. Do you know which is the biggest opposition party in Egypt?
0: Yes, and we'll get to that in a a minute. uh, And we need to say that. Yeah, I
3: think that's what answers your question. No, absolutely,
0: I agree. Oh, by the way. this is becoming very relevant. I'm going to see if uh, Omri, who has uh, joined us in the past, who is in, in Israel, um, can join us in this, in this conversation also. Let's try and invite him. He sent me a message. He was following us live. Let's see if he can join us. He might be surprised that I'm inviting him without prior notice. But um who uh, has uh, joined us oh, in the past. Oh, well, he is in <laughs> he's um, listening to the show live. Join- so there you go. Henri, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, excellent. Me um, and my son can hear you. <laughs> um, can you come a little bit closer to the mic, please? Because we're hearing you. A yes, bit I'm here. Quiet. Cool. Um, all right. So the, the 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 thing you were hinting at, I I imagine, uh, Turkey, was absolutely something that is a concern, I think, to most of us Uh well, not most of us, definitely to the governments and maybe why they are a little bit uh, hesitant to come out in support of the revolutions, which is in all these countries, and specifically in Egypt, uh, if the power of the dictatorship falls, then there is a very strong concern that um, the the power will shift to um, is it, can we say Muslim extremists? Or is it just Radicals, or how can we can we say mm, it exactly? Let's just, let's just the Muslim Brotherhood is
3: the Muslim Brotherhood.
0: Yes. Okay. So the name, I guess, is the Muslim Brotherhood, and that's uh, clear enough. Um, is that a legitimate concern for for the, the governments to have, or is it just you know fear mongering? Or I'm sure you know. Um, well
3: if you think especially if you're thinking like about the US it's definitely a, a major concern since it's going to affect the relationship between Egypt and uh, Israel
0: yeah absolutely but well let's say okay before we even get into that the reason for for the the tepid uh, support was if the, these dictatorships as dictatorship uh, like that they they were um were sort of having a, a very strong hand on these um, uh, parties, and that's the reason why maybe the the, the Western government were not as eager uh, to announce that they weren't supporting them anymore. Which I'm I'm a little bit all over the place here, but it's it makes it uh, sort of uh, very understandable that people like. The you know Barack Obama or or people in France the government in France would not want to just throw away the 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 dictatorship because it does leave a vacuum that will call for uh, more radical views and especially Muslim um, uh,
2: extremists. Um, well, that's, that's that's kind of the theory over here that the why why Obama has been less than outspoken about it because in the past. You know, people have been the presidents have often just stood right up and said, we stand with the people of what you watch and say, you know, good job on whatever the heck it is you're doing. And this time it's been a little more subdued, although there has been, you know, you know, we stand with the people. We're trying to be, you know, uh, help wherever we can uh, humanitarian, this and that. But it hasn't been a, you know, a stark sort of, yes, let's take down that government because they're not sure what will be there in its place. And, you know, Egypt's a strategic partner with our country we see them as an ally with a rocky past and an interesting past and a very volatile sort of you know relationship now so to have all of that get kind of torn apart and nobody quite knows where all the dust lands when you're done you know they they're not going to come out and say one they're not going to come out in full support of the government either they're going to come out and sort of be ambiguous and let yeah. it play out a little bit and see what it's like on the ground and. Um, you know, we've been vocal about information flow. That's one thing that that a lot of politicians, except for Lieberman, have been calling for is more transparency on what's going on there. And, um, you know, we I was really glad to see... Um, oh, I just forgot the name of the stupid network. But anyway, oh, Al Jazeera had, a, had really the only stream that you could get your hands on the last couple of days and to see what was actually happening on the streets. And I think we hate the fact that that's that that's the only way to get info Like we want to have free and open conversation people should be able to twitter the hell out of the place they should be able to do whatever they want and that bugs people but they're not going to come out and go bad government or good people they're going to come out and go hmm let's see how this how this plays out which makes them look kind of goofy too i i agree there's i don't like the fact that we're kind of trying to balance between those two extremes
3: uh, um, I, uh, Patrick uh, I, just totally apparently, I don't know how when this happened but uh, apparently Warak just uh, swore in a deputy president vice president
0: yeah that which, happened a couple of hours ago
3: yeah, and, yeah. That, and that and that hasn't been there hasn't been a vice president for 30 years
0: yeah absolutely so and, I think does,
3: that's 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 one step of him trying to tell people my son is not going to be the next president
0: Sure, but it does seem like that's not going to be enough uh, to qualm the, the, the streets' unrest. I mean, in Tunisia, that's basically what. Uh, it's something a lot bigger happened with the uh, uh, prime minister taking over control of the government and. Even that wasn't enough, and the street was very courageously keeping the demonstration alive for a week until they finally uh, announced think, that the the, the, yeah, think the ministers the, were not going to be from the previous administration. Yeah, I
3: think Mubarak might have a chance if he dissolves the parliament and decides new elections.
0: Mm. Okay. Um, I, I so hasn't he already omni- dismissed the government? I'm, 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 yes, i i'm I really want to go to omri in a, in a minute uh because i'm sure that Israel has been following all of this v- with a very very close eye um but first charles, you wanted to say something
1: uh, look, um i think it, it's no secret that 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 any international relations that the uh uh, the hallmark is stability to make things, to make things work and make things work well so there 's no surprise that uh, international governments are taking the uh, wait and see approach i 'm quite interested in uh, the idea that this is that these are leaderless movements because that 's going to scare uh, a lot of governments i think about precisely what 's going to come afterwards, um, contrasted with what happened in um, Eastern Europe uh, towards the end of the90s or uh, where there were, in fact, defined leaders and there were viable oppositions whose allegiances internationally were known, uh, this is a very different set of circumstances. And uh, I don't think it's any surprise whatsoever that you're getting a little bit of fence-sitting from a lot of international governments on how it's going to play out. Yeah,
0: It's interesting that you mentioned uh, what happened in the Eastern Bloc uh, 20 years ago. Um because that, that is exactly what it felt like uh when I was watching the, the revolts uh happening in uh ooh, I don't know who's making noise. I think Omri's <laughs> wife maybe is walking around. <laughs> There's something happening uh, in that. Israel. Some someone's hungry for chips, apparently. Or something. No, Sun it's in, chips. It's in,
4: it's not in... I'm sorry? It's in Berkeley, not in Israel. We're right, staying sorry. here for a while. <laughs> so yeah, well, uh, I let's... told her.
0: <laughs> Thanks. Very sorry, Mrs. Omri. <laughs> um, so yes, let's let's get into that aspect of things. Um, obviously, so as you were saying, you're not in in Israel at the moment. But um, as a, an Israeli national, you've been following all of this very very closely, I'm sure. Um, I, I really want to ask specifically: How did you look at it when it was just Tunisia, and how did it shift, if at all, when it started spreading to Egypt very seriously?
4: Well, it depends. Uh, me, as a Israel, as just a free-loving you know person, I would love all the dictatorship around us to fall, if it's uh, Syria or Jordan or Saudi Arabia sorry Turkey, but. All of them, you know, all the tyrant and all the dictator, if they all fall down, I'll be happy. But uh, the and I think we think that uh, well, Mubarak is the devil we know, nobody likes him, so it's too much, but people trust him and there were peace with Egypt for a long time now. And we're really afraid, you know, I think uh, Israel at least the official Israel is afraid of what will happen next. If it will be like Iran when they depose a, a despot and then we got the you know, they are too lot, you know. So I think that, that's the main uh, fear we have that the mm. uh, Muslim Brotherhood will come as a winner and the Egyptian people, instead of uh, voting, uh, you know, having a revolution for freedom, will have a revolution, revolution for uh, Islamic radicals. And that won't be good. So
0: Is that, that's the main uh, fear is that a how do you i'm i'm going to you know really go to the other extreme here uh what's the view on this in uh, saudi arabia you know what's the relationship between uh saudi between saudis in general and the ideas of the muslim brotherhood
3: uh the muslim brotherhood has a, uh i think their ideology did affect Saudi Arabia and the dates of Abdul Nasser. However, their uh, ideologies are not even accepted anymore in Saudi Arabia. So, mm. however, uh, but considering they are, uh, comes down to how will they work with the Saudi government. So, uh, it really uh, there's no exact situation where whether Saudis would approve or disapprove that. Uh, it does come down to how they will work with the Saudi government Uh, of course Egypt is one of the Saudi Arabia's uh, closest allies and uh, let's say Saudi Arabia uh, owns a lot to Egypt because most of uh, how Saudi Arabia developed Egypt is uh, one of the oldest most developed uh, cultures in the Middle East and it has influenced a lot of countries that came to develop under the Egyptian uh, mentality of uh, government uh, uh, bureaucracy and so on, and education.
0: Um, okay, um, Amri, I'm sorry, but you're, we're getting a lot of noise from your back. Of yeah, your I'm history.
4: sorry. So I'll, I'll, I'll disconnect. Thank oh. you for letting me talk.
0: No, no worries. Thanks a lot. Sorry, Amri. Bye, bye. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> that that was kind of funny um so for those who don't know um Omri has been uh, on the show before and he's uh, he was very kindly offering his uh, his help uh in giving us the uh the reaction of uh um Israel in this matter which it is very important as we were saying because uh all of this the whole of um as you were saying Scott if if there wasn't this worry about what was going to happen with the Muslim Brotherhood and, you know, Muslim radicals in general, then it wouldn't even be an issue and maybe people would have come out more openly in favor of the revolutions. But as much – basically what I'm trying to say is I think it's a little bit easy to condemn the governments for not coming out clearly in favor of this or that um, at this point – And even though, like Amri was saying, we would love to have everyone free in the whole world, even though we do want this. I mean, I'm speaking for myself. Maybe you guys just want people to be enslaved forever. I don't know. Can't speak for you. Um, (laughs) Maybe, you know, there is this worry very, very present of what's going to happen next.
2: Um, well, yeah, and the government's not going to, I mean, no government, I don't think it's responsible for a government to come out and make a really strong statement statement one direction or the other. When you're talking about a potential domino effect through that entire region, if, if Tunisia falls and the Egyptians go, woo, we're going to do this too. I mean, I'm oversimplifying, but they do it. And then uh, who's to say the next one isn't going to do it? And they all start to fall. That is not a stabilizing influence. And, and, you know, we make a really good point. I can't remember who said it now, but. The, the whole point of a leaderless uh you know uh, opposition is is kind of the 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 way of the of the of the way things go in the middle East it seems like there's this it's unpredictable it's non-traditional it's stuff that happens that doesn't have leaders doesn't have a, you know a, a clear way to say, all right well, this is what will be in place if this other thing falls and so with all of that unknown, you can't take a side like that and be you know and dig your heels in because you don't know you don't even know what you're supporting yet. Um, I don't. So. Yeah, I I don't really think
0: it's it's a Middle Eastern thing that it's uh, the, the leaderless revolution. It's just that at this time with these these uh, countries, leaders were <coughs> systematically uh, jailed or you know basically destroyed. So the only way anything could happen was that it was a a, a people a real people's movements and. Maybe not in a small part. The social networks made that possible.
3: Yeah, but uh, when it comes to Egypt, uh, I don't call what's going on in Egypt a leaderless movement. There's at least three different leaders that are leading this uh, movement. Uh, well, without they, they, them, they
0: have they they have uh, they are heads that are speaking for the movement, <coughs> but. I wouldn't say that they are leading it. The, the movement came from the street, don't you think?
3: No, no. It, it was called out. And one of the people who called out for it was El Baradri. He, uh, he
0: arrived when it was already happening. He came no, he arrived.
3: The but he did promote it before he arrived. Well, yeah, of course. Everyone he was, was one saying, of the yeah, people who was it. pushing for it. Uh, we can say that the Muslim Brotherhood did arrive late. However, they are the ones who brought it to the next level.
2: Right. So who's your leader then? The first guy or the second? See, that's my point is there's no clear leader. It's a bunch of people vying for leadership, which means you're going to have internal fighting there. And there, nobody knows who should be in charge. There's no – not, I'm not even saying it needs to boil down to one dude or anything. I'm just saying, you know, saying that there's three potential leaders just means there's three potential civil wars ready to happen. In my
1: mind. Yeah, and t- Turkey, just I don't know whether you know or not, but how homogenous is Egyptian society? So, are, are we likely to see uh, a number of uh, ethnic or religious or whatever it happens to be groups effectively in consistent opposition without a dictatorship leadership?
3: Oh, well, yeah, there might be between the Muslims and the Copts, but uh, that would be a very minor opposition since the huge difference of population. And uh, when I say Barad'i, Barad'i is the most popular uh, person to even lead the country, even for a temporary time until they get everything up and running. Uh, And he is supported even by the Muslim Brotherhood, even though his views are not very popular by the Muslim Brotherhood. But uh, they would also allow them to come up out of hiding and be active in the political system.
0: Um, just so people know, Mohammed uh, El Baraday was—he's um, a Nobel Peace Prize—and uh, he's very much integrated in the in the Western world. He was uh, the general director of the um, uh, IAEA, the International Atom- uh, Atomic uh, Energy Agency. So he is, uh, in my opinion, I might be mistaken, but very far away from what we the, the Western world is fearing. Um, would Would emerge as leaders of the um, uh, of these countries, but that I don't think I don't think anyone fears
2: him. I don't think anyone fears him. That would be great. Yeah,
0: (laughs) what we're worried about, and and uh, uh, answering the question you were asking, uh, Charles, it's uh, it wouldn't be ethnic um, uh, fighting, but we're worried that the educated uh, parts of the country, which are Probably from what, my, what I understand, uh, less in Egypt than they are in Tunisia. The educated would fall to maybe less educated people who would turn to the Muslim Brotherhood. Is that a fair assessment, Turkey?
1: Uh, now, tell uh, me what you're saying about democracy earlier, Patrick. If uh, if that's a fear.
0: Well, like I'm sorry. Come but- again, I, Charles? I, I didn't understand. <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, just an observation that if the, uh, if the educated few have uh, some sort of divine right over the uh, more populous uneducated amount, what does that say about your ideal for democracy? Uh,
0: I would. We would have to talk quite a little bit about my ideas of democracy. You might be surprised.
2: <laughs> just, just as a, as a, for information, um, the official word from Obama yesterday in a press conference. This is what he said. He said, "The United States will continue to stand up for the rights of the Egyptian people and work with their government in pursuit of a future that is more just, more free, and more hopeful." So, very neutral, very supportive of both. And I think that's all you're gonna see until something clear can happen that, that we that you either can get behind or oppose. And that's I think that's as good as good a, a, a as a diplomatic statement as you're gonna get, I think, moving into this thing.
1: It's a very clever piece of writing.
2: Yeah, it is.
1: <laughs> well, so that's what Patrick, get the are we not live
2: for.
3: anymore? Turkey? Are we not live anymore?
0: Uh we're coming back. Uh-huh. I messed up the the thing.
3: Okay, people time. are getting their purchase and pitchforks. <laughs>
0: um yeah, so what what were you saying?
3: Oh yeah, uh when let's 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 uh when it's come Baradri is going to be the uh, he's the most likely person to leave the country as a transactional government if it ever happens. Definitely the Muslim Brotherhood will Own a majority in any government, in any parliament, in the in Egypt, if there is any free elections. There's no question about that. However, you really need to look into the numbers. Turkey,
0: Turkey, Turkey. You're way too close to your mic. (laughs)
3: Hello.
0: You're way too close to your mic. We're here.
2: (laughs) That
0: was awesome.
3: It just got
2: louder and louder. I love that.
3: Using my uh, headset and just moved to. Is this better? Yes. Yes. Right. Thank you. So, uh, as I was saying, the Muslim Brotherhood definitely is going to get a majority uh, in the government in uh, Parliament if there's any f- uh, chances of free elections. Uh, however, the Muslim Brotherhood has evolved throughout time, and you do have the Muslim Brotherhood if you if they actually are active in politics and are allowed to be legal. Uh, they're definitely going to be divided into different uh, uh, divisions. There won't be a single Muslim Brotherhood anymore, mm. because the views so have your... diverse. You have those extremists who are still there in the Muslim Brotherhood. You got those who have turned into moderate, and they, you have those who believe in democracy and not Islamic uh, government, but uh, Islamic rights. So you have this division within the Muslim Brotherhoods. However, since they are not allowed to establish themselves as an independent party in the in Egypt, they are still united. Mm.
0: So you think the divisions will make it less? Will make the Muslim Brotherhood as a whole not as powerful as some might?
3: Ah, uh, yeah, not, uh, not as powerful uh, from the point of view of extremism.
2: Hmm. oh yes of course yeah okay hey just speaking of social social like networks and the role that and 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 the internet generally played here um obama was asked about that he said he called for egypt to restore the internet cell phone and social media service but at the same time those protesting in the streets have a responsibility to express themselves peacefully so again call out the government don't turn off the internet this is authoritarian that's stupid bad idea but all you people in the streets quit throwing fire bottles at police quit killing each other quit whatever you're doing yeah i mean what else can you say i mean people are critical of that i don't know what else you say and i'm not a, i mean i'm not i'm not a shill for obama or anything i'm just saying what would you, what else would you do fly yeah, in there I, with bombs and you know napalm people no no but
0: I, okay again so that i become the contrarian here you could say we fully support the Egyptian people and hope that the revolution goes as, you know, their movement goes as um, uh, with as little violence as possible. But we think it's a great thing they're rebelling about against dictatorship. That's definitely something both Obama and Sarkozy in France could say and people everywhere around the world.
1: Yeah, Uh, you you could. uh, (laughs) Charles, uh, would you you agree it's more insightful?
2: Yeah, it's it's kind of an issue of rhetoric versus calm discussion. You know, like words mean a lot. And if you're if you because basically, Patrick, what you just said is what he said, but you're just using harsher terms. And I feel like that's all they've done is the difference is Well, how hard are our words? Are they going to be softer words that mean the same thing or harder ones that add, uh, you know, this flaming edge to them that we don't really need in a in a crisis? I don't know. That's I don't, arguable, I don't but- really
0: I don't really think that's what he said. I think what he said was very different. Um, Hmm. He said he he was trying to, you know, be mellow enough, sitting on the fence, to have both parties be happy. Parties, I mean, the revolution and the and the government. And he was trying to be diplomatic, which is, of course, something very admirable. But you know, not admirable, but necessary. Yeah. But yeah. um, Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that. Charles, you were saying something.
1: So the, the, the difference between what Obama said and the comment that you made just then, Patrick, is that uh, uh, Obama's fence sitting is about the outcome um, and your, uh, the type of rhetoric that you used in support of, of, of the people movement is completely uh, sort of agnostic of any outcome. Guys, do whatever you want to do and we'll deal with what happens afterwards. And I don't think it's at all unreasonable for a government to be concerned about the outcome and the situation left afterwards and therefore make a statement like Obama made. Um, I'm,
0: I'm I'm not sure that's the case. I think the way I was saying it was great if the outcome is the revolution wins and crappy if the government stays in power. But it's hopeful. It's 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 choosing a side. So if your side loses, then you're, you know, in bad shape. Um, but if it if your side doesn't lose, then you're happy.
2: Yeah.
1: So I just think the, the world. I just think the world wins. Yeah. Hmm.
2: I I just, I just think in a world we're we're better off living in a world where a measured approach is taken in a, in a time where we just need everything right now. Bam, 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 and and it's rash decisions and emotional reactions. I I like that occasionally someone takes a a measured approach to something and says, all right, everyone calm down for a second. We'll figure out a way to get out of this elevator when we're all trapped in it. It's that kind of thing. You want that voice. And I don't know. I'm not saying Obama's that voice. I don't know if the French government's that voice. I don't know who is. But but I, I, I want more of that and less vitriolic gut reaction rhetoric from people.
0: I understand absolutely what you're saying. I think that the people, you know, walking in the streets and doing sittings and and fighting tanks in Egypt right now wouldn't mind having someone, you know, come out for them in a very clear way. But I'm just being, you know, contrarian here. I I completely (laughs) understand why governments are not doing that. And I think it's a very easy... Uh, shot at those governments to say, uh, you can't even say that you like democracy enough to support the revolution. Yes, that's true. Don't
1: suppose anyone remembers what the government responses were at Tiananmen Square?
0: <laughs> I don't remember, but that is a, a very good um, analogy. Although, you know... I, we I have no clearly, idea uh, We were <laughs> We were very clearly against China at that point. I think at that point it was sort of easier to come out against the government in China during these events. Now, if the same thing happened, I'm pretty sure that given the economic, you know, intertwined economy that we have with China, I'm fairly sure that our governments would be. Well, you know, we hope China. You know what? I kind of disagree with that.
2: I, I think that's I think that's an interesting well, opinion. But I'm wrong. I disagree because <laughs> that is actually one of the one of the powers of having a relationship with another nation where you have trade ties and stuff like that. As you can be open about criticism, but not worry about all the unknown factors. They're a known <laughs> quantity. You kind of know where where they stand. They're a traditional government um they so are we in this case we're dealing with a possible overthrow and bunch of splinter groups and nobody knows what's what and who knows who's who and there's a lot of unknown factors that i don't think you can i don't think they're comparable the Tiananmen square thing was easy to to complain about and the thing how how cute
0: you think that if if, (laughs) you think that if, if something like that happened then barack obama would get up and say bad china you should let (laughs) <laughs> democracy arise
2: no no it <laughs> happens all the time it happens all the time with china china does something stupid and we and we say something about it and we do something stupid and they say something about it that is yeah, not I agree that's, with that is scott. a healthy exchange that's a healthy okay. exchange between two established nations i think yeah, yeah
3: i definitely I agree think. with scott there's just too much uh Uh, trade between these two countries they need each other so they can curse each other as much as they want but they won't cut ties because if any of them cuts the other they're gonna hurt each other badly
0: well I think wasn't wasn't it uh, wasn't there a a whole hubbub when when uh, Hu Jintao went to to the US a couple of weeks ago or months ago and because because uh, human rights were not mentioned once in anything anywhere uh, I
2: don't remember the the big the well, biggest stink that made was um R- Rush Limbaugh was making fun of his accent and that he couldn't understand him and that was a big deal. <laughs> um. Well,
0: let's not even mention that guy. you right. Um, no, you're,
2: it's a good point though.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, I think we've we've spoken quite a bit about this whole thing. We've been a little bit, as I was saying, all over the place. Maybe not uh, very clear in our. Um, in our rhetoric, but that's, well, that's I the want kind of to add,
3: uh, Patrick, yes. that uh, there is uh, an uprising in Yemen. There yes, are absolutely. There is an uprising in Jordan as well, and uh, Syria. We haven't heard as much
0: about yet. Jordan. We've heard that Jordan is uh,
3: because Jordan is not against the monarchy or the establishment. That the constitution is more against the government or the Mm. prime minister. So it's kind of less uh, harsh. Uh, So it's not as bad as in the other countries where they want to overthrow the leader. Mm. So uh, that's the difference. Uh, You have uh, Syria that blocked everything related to the demonstrations in Egypt because they're worried. They cut off Facebook, Twitter, everything and uh, making sure that there's nobody and there is a call for demonstrations in Syria i think uh, next week so let's see if it happens or not
0: it's it is surprisingly reminiscent of what happened in the eastern bloc as you were saying uh, charlie earlier um it's it's definitely every, you know the only, i very clearly remember feeling Sort of that way, um, twenty years ago, a little bit over twenty years ago, and thinking, Holy crap, this is history happening before my eyes, and it was strange that you know, unlike movies or or history books or all of that, you you could feel the 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 you can always feel the magnitude of these events, but it's normal that you're outside of them because, you know, they're in the past and you don't have a, a, a time-traveling machine. But in these, in these occurrences, you still feel a little bit outside, but it's, it's very strange that, you know, these things are happening as we speak. And, and then, you know, I turn off the TV and I go buy a, a, a loaf of bread or i go to work or i watch a tv show it's sort of a, a weird um it it at, at least it makes me feel very weird and last time that happened was in in uh in you know a- around 90 uh 1990 is there a chance that this is going to turn into as the the fall of the eastern bloc the the fall of middle eastern democracies i mean obviously we don't we don't have the answer but uh, any comments on this
2: well if, if the uprisings are truly motivated by uh a desire on the on the the core of the people's desire to do something in, in a you know to have a true democracy and get well, out that's,
0: of no that's not i don't think that's in question the question is is it going to spread and happen everywhere
2: well that that's what i'm getting at is if it if 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 that is the motivation and 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 that's where they're headed with it I could, I, I suppose it's possible, but the the big hitch for me is still, you can have an uprising, but if you don't have a plan, then what do you do? Then what do you do? You know, it's one thing to say, ah, we want more freedoms. This guy's been here too long. Thirty years is too long. We want more freedoms. We want to be free to be Muslims, but we also want to be free to be, you know, multi multi ethnic, you know, multicultural society. Okay, the fires have burned out. Everything's good. Everyone's kicked out. Now what? And that's why I I don't know what that is. Yeah
0: i don't i don't yeah i think their their worry is not we want to be free to be multicultural they just want to be free to not be hit over the head when they say something the government doesn't like and i I guess what i'm trying to say is they're not necessarily thinking that far ahead you know when yeah revolution happens is you know
2: um yeah yeah that's my that's kind of my hitch with the whole thing is they don't they don't nobody's got the foresight right now and not even it's not even their fault revolutions aren't necessarily well planned okay on tuesday we're going to rise up and then on thursday you know they don't think that way um so i you know i'm not even saying they they should naturally have a plan i'm just saying this feels very chaotic and not planned i think you
0: should uh, you should establish a uh a uh, Google document, a spreadsheet with a plan for the uh, revolution <laughs> and share it with, you know, share with <laughs> at uh, Tunisia and at Egypt. You guys add your bits and we'll have a plan at the end of this. All right. Let Brilliant. me see. The
3: last time we tried that, Patrick, it didn't even work for the podcast. You think it's going <laughs> to work for a revolution? <laughs> Damn it. Let's
0: come out <laughs> with something else then. Yeah. Uh, but uh, on this, on this, on this, um, uh, feeling that i was mentioning am i the only one that feeling weird about all this or
3: uh by the way i need to ask you something so 20 years ago you were old enough to know that history is happening in front of you yes all right
0: anything yes any subsequent comment about this bring it on
3: (laughs) (laughs) no no i'm backing out (laughs) good
0: excellent (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, Charles, you seem like an old fart too. Um, <laughs> to <comment about> this.
1: <laughs> well, I, I had an excuse twenty years ago because that was round about the time that I was uh, I was uh, at university and uh, getting a little bit interested in um, in uh, history around uh, the Eastern uh, European and communist situation there. Because hell, I was a student. What was I going to do? Um, so uh, I, I claim that it was a semi-professional interest at that stage that I knew that history was happening. Um, as far as you, your comments around feeling somewhat removed from it goes, I think it's a really interesting observation, but uh, it's exciting all the same. Uh, one of the things that uh, that occurs to me, though, is that my excitement, my interest in this is kind of contrasted by the fact that people's lives are at stake. Um, I saw a guy... Uh, on a news clip, turned to the camera and show his full face on the camera and he said something along the lines of, you know, we're here to overthrow the dictatorship down with the dictatorship. And the thing that occurred to me after I saw that and he ran off into the crowd was, good God, I hope they're successful because if they're not, he's in a fair bit of strife. And and uh, th- that was something that kind of brought home to me that these are these are real people and real people's lives that we're dealing with and we're just looking on. Uh, it's a, it, you're right. It's a really interesting dynamic to be involved in.
0: Well, yeah, that's, that's why I meant when I said, you know, and then I, I go out and buy a loaf of bread. It's like I go back mm. to these, you know, very uh, uh, mundane things while people are, are, are fighting for their freedom, you know, and m- some of them may be dying um, at the same time. And we're, yeah. I mean, people are dying all the time, but I don't know. It seems pretty obvious that this is a little bit different. Um, So, yeah, Turkey, any parting uh, thoughts with this topic?
3: Yeah, I just want to ask Charles. Uh, Apparently, universities in Australia are different. I thought they just drink and party and date all the (laughs) time.
1: Yeah, there is a fair bit of that. I could, uh, I could actually tell you what happened to my university career. Suffice <laughs> to say that um, that it didn't finish, uh, and there <laughs> may have been a bit of drinking and partying and things that uh, that may have contributed to that.
2: Well, it is, it is <laughs> okay, an old prison that- <laughs>
1: colony after all. So,
2: you
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, very interesting topic. We could be talking about this forever. Um, let's move on, though, to something else, uh, that, that, as I was saying, uh, at the start of the show, there were, there was really one giant, huge topic, which was this, was this, um, and not a lot else. I mean, we could talk about the, the terrorist <coughs> attack in Russia. Um, we could talk about, I don't know, the, um, state of the union address or, you know, Nelson Mandela getting sick that these were some of the topics that came out, um, any any particular we've already spent geez an hour on this um any particular thing that that came out uh, as really important aside from the the revolts
1: well just um, to speak
2: real quick to the to the state of the union address i just find it kind of mm-hmm. ironic that uh his speech was focused almost entirely on domestic issues um which a lot of people really wanted Uh, It was it was focused on economy. It was focused on jobs and, and, you know, future tech and stuff we'd invest in. And, you know, very, very here we are in the U.S. Let's talk about us kind of, you know, talk. And is that the way you felt or the way the commentators? Oh, it's the way I mean, it's what he said. I mean, there's no I mean, there wasn't any there wasn't. Obviously, there's always talk about allies and stuff like that. But that that hour and one minute speech he gave was I, well, I listened to the whole thing twice. It's com- it was completely focused on, on domestic issues, and um, which is fine. That's, I mean, occasionally that's what a State of the Union does, and that, that is the State of the Union. Um, but it's just ironic that a week later we have one of the, you know, the biggest international dust-ups in the Middle East that we've had in a very long time and maybe one of the biggest challenges diplomatically to his presidency right after a speech that was clearly pointed inward. Um, I just thought that was kind of, kind of interesting, but, um, so I, and other than that, I mean, it wasn't, there's not much of note. It's all very, like I said, it's a lot of domestic stuff, but, but I just think it's ironic that right after that speech, we, we launch into, you know, one of the world's, I think one of the most interesting things that'll happen this year, um, worldwide. So Hmm. anyway,
0: um, just, yeah, no, we did, we, we obviously did hear about the, uh, you know state of the union address in in france too which is interesting to think that you know we hear about your basically what is a a a a internal internal speech and we're like yeah of course we know about it in france i'm sure when our president says something you're like he what the
2: when well it depends it depends on what he says like like everyone, <laughs> everyone hears when, you know, Bush got up and called out the axis of evil stuff. And so that that, of course, had a huge impact on on other countries and caused yeah. all kinds of no, issues. Of but it's not always like that. It's oftentimes just sort of about us and what's going on with, you know, are we investing in in mass transit? Are we are we behind in the no, race to get better broadband? All that kind of stuff. That's what I mean. When When you have your State
0: of the Union address every time it makes the news. In France, mm. um, I, I guess it makes the news in Australia and, and Saudi Arabia too.
1: That's because we're America. damn It man, makes right? the news. It's not a headline.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's not a headline. But um, all right, let's move on to another uh, headline, which is the floods. What the hell is happening down under?
1: Oh, yeah, dude, crazy. Oh, it rained. It rained. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, let's move on to I was, something else I was actually trying to, <laughs> I was trying to get some, uh, some hard data on the, uh, on the scale of this stuff, and uh, it uh, shows you my uh, dedication that I didn't actually come up with any because it's probably really easy to find. I had a quick look on the net for five minutes, couldn't be bothered, and then I uh, thought I'll just talk about it instead. That's fine. That, that's, um, that's the way we usually do the show anyway, so no worries. I, uh, I, I did hear an earlier report talking about the scale of the floods and saying that, uh, that it was uh, roughly the size of, uh, of Victoria, one of the southern states, which puts the flooded area at almost the size of the UK, if, you, if not a little bit bigger. So that, that gives you an indication Jesus. as to how big it is. Scott, I think um, you're probably, uh, uh, you understand space where you are, right? Australia is quite large. Sure uh and yeah it's a big uh,
2: big old uh, big old chunk of land for sure
1: yeah the uh the river systems in that part of queensland are quite complex uh when they uh when they flood floods join river systems join and the flooded areas get absolutely huge what's a little bit different um this time uh is that the impact that it's had on uh on um town centers some of which have been absolutely devastating, including the capital of the state of Queensland, which is Brisbane, the main river in Brisbane the Brisbane River flooded so we're talking about a CBD that got flooded not all of it of course, but part of it so uh, it's it's not rural it's not um, it's uh, it's not removed it's uh, you know people that I work with uh, couldn't turn up to work on the day because their buildings were flooded in in, in a CBD it's, it's really quite bizarre but uh, the um, the public debate, if you like, has now arisen around how we respond to
4: it. Oh, but the federal wait government's. Wait Before, uh, before go I'm on.
0: sorry. Before you get into that, how, what's the situation now as we're as we're speaking? Is it resolved?
1: Is it still okay. raining? Is the, the, the situation? The situation is that the flood waters, in certainly in Queensland, uh, are subsiding or have subsided. Down my end of the world, down in Victoria, there's a fairly large river system up towards the north of Victoria around the Murray. uh, That and some associated rivers are in flood and there's a a very large mass of water which is continuing to move. Um, So towns, if you like, along the the path of the flood are just waiting for the flood waters to peak and come by them and subside. Uh, It's a fairly slow-moving mass of water and uh, it will, uh, I believe, from what I understand, will continue to cause troubles for some weeks yet.
0: I see. Okay, Because I have to say, once things started uh, happening in Tunisia, then we had a couple of more mentions of the floods in Australia and that was it. But it is like the biggest natural disaster in the country's history, right?
1: Uh, about two years ago, uh, there were some bushfires in Victoria. Uh, you may or may not remember them being reported, yes. but uh, about 120-odd people were killed in fires uh, in and around um, uh, sort of uh, areas around Melbourne. Uh, in terms it, it, of cost… Yeah, this time it the, feels this, like this all, all, you know, offset.
0: towns were completely flooded in you know, destroyed, basically. Yeah. So
1: yeah. yeah. Well, uh, smaller towns were entirely destroyed by the fires as well. But, 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 in terms of cost to the economy, this one dwarfs it. It's hit agricultural areas. It's hit the mining industry. It's obviously, as I said, hit the CBD. Uh, hundreds, if you're not thousands, of houses are inundated and and uh, need to be repaired. So the shift now comes to uh, to what the, essentially what the cost of this is. It's been costed at the moment that there's about six point two billion dollars was the last I heard uh, uh, damage um, to the economy. Uh, and, as I say now, the public debate has shifted towards how do we pay for it. Um, the federal government is uh, putting in place or intends to put in place a flood tax for, um, for 12 months to, to tax people to raise, uh, raise money for the, um, for the rebuilding efforts. And so the debate is now, should we be taxed for this? or should the government reduce spending elsewhere to pay for it? Uh, (laughs) And uh, I'm personally quite surprised by the vehemence with which some people are saying, no, we don't want to pay a tax. If we want to give to the flood relief efforts, let us do it off our own bat rather than the government taxing us. Um, It it surprises and, to be honest, uh, disappoints me a little that that's the position of so many people in the country because that seems to be where the public opinion lies.
0: How did people react to you know the the costs incurred by, Katerina, by Katrina by uh, in the U.S. a few years ago? Well, did, I'm I'm sure there wasn't talks of any kind of tax, which is a socialist economic uh, tool, of course.
2: But uh, well, I mean we're no, I I don't. It's it, there wasn't any kind of um, how do I put this? I mean we I I have family directly affected by that flood. We had Kim's aunt lived with us for about eight months because her house was basically underwater so I and mean, we had all kinds of sort of direct effects from that thing and the the biggest problem we had is the complaint that Bush's administration and um, the emergency services at the time were not up to snuff they weren't ready so all the taxes we already spend for that were not being used effectively um, so that was more of the issue it wasn't that uh, you know, because certainly we, we, we have the infrastructure and money and tax system, even in that Republican uh, administration to to cover such things. Um, the problem was that we were horribly inefficient in doing that. We hadn't had a disaster of that scale and response time was terrible. And so the big the biggest problem was it wasn't so much that, yes, this is a shared responsibility and money sh- should go into it. It was the money that we have already put into it was being horribly uh, misappropriated because we were inept mm. at using it and that was the big problem there I see yeah um,
0: Turkey how do you guys even <laughs> see this thing that is almost out of the, the the understandable which is so much water falling down that you're you know you, can't uh, you think the so streets?
3: you think so <laughs> well you get, I, oh that's right the, I remember the you were a sack. the what Jet the city was flooded just three yeah. days ago.
0: I remember you sent a few pictures on Twitter with an actual, like, serious flood. Uh, you couldn't mm-hmm. get to where you wanted to go.
3: That was in Riyadh, and that wasn't serious flood. Jeddah city was to... flooded Wednesday. Sorry, was, and it's
2: yeah. in a very bad state. Really? You, you, you had a cigar thing to go to? You were late? Is that the deal? <laughs> uh, <yeah>. <laughs> 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 um,
0: so you mean it's, no. it's worse than the one that happened in, in Riyadh? Uh, a few, what was it, like two weeks ago?
3: Yeah, it's ten times, a hundred times worse. Jesus. Uh, yet the city has a very uh, horrible infrastructure, and it's, uh, there's hardly any sewage system. And when it, and it's in low... Well, you you uh, don't usually
0: need it, right?
3: No. Uh, every city has it. It's just there is... A, uh, Jeddah has a problem of poor planning and corruption, which hmm. resulted in a very poor infrastructure. And when it rained heavily last week, the entire city sank. There sank. were 10 dead yeah. until now reported. Uh, they had to rescue about uh, 5,000 people Wow. And the people had stuck in their offices. They had to spend the night at their offices because they couldn't leave the office and go home. Mm-hmm. Uh, students were stuck in the university. They ended up sleeping in their classes because mm-hmm. they couldn't leave thanks to the, all the rain because the roads were completely sunken. And mm-hmm. if you ever are interested, you can look on Twitter for the hashtag Rain And you will see a lot of people posting a lot of pictures.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Well, I take it back then. Um, <laughs> you can be flooded. <laughs> um, so I guess you. You. But we did get a few mentions of that. Did you guys hear about it at all? Or you know, I'm sorry. I meant the Australian floods. Uh, yeah, we
3: heard. Too? Yeah, no, we heard about it. Uh, um. I don't know if it was big news or not, but uh, Mm. we heard about it. And uh, to be honest, I'm not exactly the right person to say whether everybody heard about it. I don't think it was covered much in local newspapers as far as I read.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously, with everything happening so much closer to home. um, But so I guess my next question is, um, I think it's the first time we have an Australian living in Australia uh, on the show. Kerwin was here a few times, but... He lives in Europe, so it doesn't count. Um, did, <laughs> d- do you? S- <laughs> did, well, you know, he's in the UK.
1: Wait, wait, um, it's just the, a it's, lot. the it's
0: just uh, the
2: Kerwin included. <laughs> that's the way you said it. It's funny. Like, um, ah, he's not a real Australian. He's in Europe now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we
0: we joke saying you know it's the land down under. It's it's far away. You're you're in summer, and you're it's the middle of the night for you. All of that. we feel basically that australia is very remote it it's out of our field of understanding almost and and when the floods happen it's horrible but it's like it's so far away it's it it's it stays at as external news to us very much so um do you guys feel like you're part of the western world like physically (laughs) Or do you feel like also like we're, you know, we're, we're this other, this whole other continent and it, we have to deal with our stuff? Just a curious, out of curiosity.
1: Hmm. Th- th- that's probably a very, very long question to answer. Um, ah. I think uh, Australia feels its remoteness itself um, to go anywhere uh takes quite a bit of effort actually even within australia um the geography of the country is such that we've got what uh one two three four five six odd major centers maybe seven depending on how i want to count them um and the closest uh separated by something like 600 kilometers was that make it 400 miles or so um, so that the, the distances and the remoteness, even within the country is something that we, we overcome things that happen in Queensland are literally two days drive from where I am here. Um, something that would happen in Perth would be three days drive from where I am here. So it's, it's a, it's a big place, not only remote from other places, but remote from, uh, from itself to an extent. Um, your problems and what you deal with yourselves, uh, w- one of the things, I guess, being being a westernised country is we get a lot of uh, popular culture from the United States. We're a uh, penal colony. Thanks for pointing that out, Scott. So we've still got very <laughs> strong ties with the United Kingdom um, and and things that happen in, in both Great Britain and the United States uh, uh, tend to be reported on quite heavily here. Things that happen in Africa, things that happen in um, the Middle East, uh, things that happen, I'm sorry, Patrick, in France, probably a little bit less so. Um, we, we, we are very much aligned with uh, our traditional parents being the United Kingdom and and new fun dad being the United States. Um. I see.
0: Yeah, I guess, you know, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, all right, that was sort of in outside of the general... Uh, Conversation question, but thank you very much for answering uh, candidly. Um, let's move on to you know what I want to I want to talk about something else, and I'm very curious <coughs> to know if you've heard about it and how much. Um, I'm going to make my sort of local story into something that is not directly French, but I'm going to display a, a a lot of uh, kinship kinship with our Belgian. Uh, uh, friends by talking about the. Um, yeah, you hesitated. You know, that was funny. I no. was going to say brothers, but I felt, you know, they're Belgians. I don't want to go mm. that far. Um, but, yeah. So. The French speaking
1: ones might be brothers. The Flemish speaking ones, we just don't talk about them, do we?
0: Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's like, they're, they're, you know, there's still a, a, a bunch of them, which is the exact issue here. Um, so in case you haven't heard um, basically belgium is f- breaking apart because the the do you say uh... flamen <laughs> or you know the, the dutch speaking uh... part wants to break well okay that's not quite accurate uh... some parts of the 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 country want to divide it into two different very autonomous uh... Um, entities between the French and uh, uh, Dutch-speaking parts. And there's also some German thrown in there somewhere, I think. Uh, But basically, the government has been uh, uh, fighting for months and months. The king can't manage to get a prime minister to stay in place and get people to agree. Uh, The uh, people who want to separate the country or to divide it are so have so much power now and and public support that we're not even sure that Belgium as we know it is going to perdure for very much longer um and we really don't know what's going to happen and that's something that is very <laughs> concerning and rare at the same time because in Europe we haven't had uh uh that much of of um Internal, you know, countries being broken apart, except from East for Eastern Europe, which is a different story altogether. Since you know World War Two, probably. Um, so th- this is obviously a, a huge amount of of news coming out into into France, which is being dwarfed by by what happened in Tunisia and and Egypt, but is definitely a concern for us uh, and for the Belgian people also, of course. Um, so my question is, do you guys hear about poor old little Belgium, or did you not? Th-
2: this is news to me, but I got a solution for you. It's oh, easy. I'm scared. So we're talking about leaderless revolutions and stuff. This is simple. Bre- break it apart, or if you, want, if you don't want it to be broken apart, you want it to stay unified, a simple phrase, President Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> and you're set. You're done it's your it'll solve all your problems but no i you know what we haven't- i haven't heard a thing about this this is totally news to me
0: this is
1: you know outrageous. that that's actually a uh, a well known political theory scott that's called the uh the california theory it's <laughs> <laughs> a good, actually a pretty good point but
2: you know <laughs> j- <laughs> <coughs> I, I nominate JCBD for that your little problem there. But uh, yeah, I haven't heard a thing about it. And there's there's all kinds of stuff on the web, obviously, but just hasn't yeah. been a big news thing for us. How about
0: uh how about Australia?
1: Uh
2: Belgium, where's that?
3: Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Turkey. Um Well actually I heard something. <laughs>
0: Well, you're you're geographically closer, so.
3: No, uh, well, I, I don't remember where I, I heard about it, but I did hear about demonstrations in Belgium against uh, the government not being for established for I think what seven months now. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. I heard something about that. So.
0: Yeah, it's like it's surprising that you haven't heard of it at all, because like literally, the the country is falling apart. Um, it's it's a very, very serious thing that they're in now. But um all right. That was just a little show of compassion and, and uh brotherhood with uh my Belgian <laughs> friends. Um how about Turkey? Do you have something you want to add to the show in the news department?
3: Um nothing that comes to mind.
0: Nothing happened in Saudi Arabia that was worth Mentioning. Was something happening Except to me war. worth mentioning? <laughs> <laughs> something happening to you is worth mentioning anyway, <laughs> even without relations <laughs> to Saudi
3: Arabia. <laughs> well, in Saudi Arabia, there's not much going on other than flooding.
0: Okay, that's um, already something.
3: Yeah, so that's the biggest news right now.
0: Okay. We've covered that already, I guess. Um all right. Scott.
2: <laughs> yes. Oh. Scott, what
0: about what about your little piece of uh good old US of A.
2: Well, I could talk about um, you know, the continued investigation into the shooting in Tucson and all the political upheaval that caused and uh, all that other stuff, but you know instead, You're
0: gonna choose not to.
2: I'm gonna talk about just briefly a story that happened just twenty miles from me. Uh a dude Uh, ran over a neighbor's dog and killed it because it pooped on his lawn and that's how far we've come as a society (laughs) so anyway so that's that's my story for that and then uh, all the news right now is all charlie sheen news well it's not real it's news for to us but it's not news outside of like my little community here (laughs) Okay, <laughs> um, but all, but ever, all anyone's talking today about is freaking Charlie Sheen and his stupid, you know, porn party that went 36 hours, and they had to pump his stomach, and he's in rehab now, and all that stuff so freaking stupid. I hate it. Wait, so yeah, I
0: actually th- didn't didn't actually hear of this a porn party that went on for 36 hours,
2: 36 hours straight. He started complaining of stomach pains. They rushed him to the hospital. I I'm and they sort of, a,
0: you know, I don't have a lot of of, of uh, respect for that guy, anyway, but. I mean, now thirty-six hours—that guy can go. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. Now you have His, respect for him. Well, I don't know. It's it's, it's uh, Let's say I'm impressed.
2: He's a douche. He's a t- he's a complete douche. And so that kind of stuff's big in the news right now. But but yeah, we're uh, I'm I'm happy to just share my little local story of some guy who I think I've seen before. By the way, run over this dog because he was mad about that. Pretty stupid.
0: Well, you know, first you do you deal with uh, it's serial killers. First, you you do that to little animals, and then you run over, over people.
2: Yeah, it's a gateway drug. Keep it,
0: exactly. Yeah. You know what really pissed me off this month? Uh, I was watching Twitter, and I don't know if you if you remember that um, that video of that um, lady that was watching her phone. She was texting, and she was walking in the mall. Oh and, yeah, and she didn't see the the the. What is it? A fountain or something? She fell in the water, (laughs) and so that was that was funny. You know, video of people walking and falling down. That's always funny, and that's you know what the internet is for, except for porn. Um, And so that was fine. And then someone tweeted. I think it was. I can't remember how I got to it, but basically there was a video um, of CNN doing a follow up story on that story because the lady was saying that she wanted to sue the people who were watching on the the camera for whatever reason and that was on cnn and i understand that you know (laughs) cnn does you know the isn't news hasn't been news for a long time but for some reason seeing this infuriated me more than everything else I've seen uh, um, on CNN in the past few years. It, it was really a, sort of a catalyst of this is what CNN has come to. You actually do do not only the video itself of the funny lady falling down, but you report as news the follow-up to that story because she's
2: angry and she wants to sue. Dude, like, you know, I've told you on this show before, It's they have 24 hours to fill. And they run out of crap to talk about. They almost, they they get on the edge of almost making things up. It's ridiculous. 24-hour news networks are ridiculous.
3: I hate it. And plus, Americans love to sue, so Americans have to
0: Sure, but you know, there is, still, I understand all this, and I know all this, and we've talked about it a lot. But it's still, at one point, you're like, where's, where's CNN? CNN, that's a name that used to mean something a few years ago and you're watching your your lineup for the next half an hour and you're like all right at hour you know minute 26 we're going to talk about the, the journalist presenting the thing gets to that thing and he's like we're going to talk about wait we're going to talk about the lady who fell down and got a video on the internet yeah that's really the lineup that we build we're building on CNN yeah and he could go you know let's 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 Talk about the the you know the way um, uh, the 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 um, uh, dictatorship came about in Egypt for an extra minute and a half. Pa- for Patrick, example, what, instead where, of where, talking where, about which that, which CNN
3: thing. did you watch it on in France?
0: It was on no no no. It was on the web. It was a clip uh, cut off, you know, recorded off uh-huh. of CNN. All
3: right, that was for the US viewers. That's yeah. why. But yeah, they don't, it's not like,
2: well, I mean, let's be clear. It's not like they're starting their newscast with this story. It's a leftover piece of turd that they tack on to the end of things and try to make it, you know, a, a public or what's the a, what's the word for it? There's a word for this. But anyway, it's it's like in the old newsreels. If a dog could play ping pong, hot damn, you put it at the end of your newsreel. It's it's not has it's not like that's changed so much. The big difference is. 24 hours to fill you can only talk about shark attacks being up for so long before people need to hear something else it's just it's ridiculous the whole that whole system is broken i hate it
0: yeah yeah i'm sure you know i'm you're being reasonable here and it's sort of you know killing my buzz but um it's it's it it did you know it was more of a, a a little thing that that Got me onto the whole process and got me angry for everything else. But um, anyway, I guess that is going to be it uh, for the show, unless any of you guys H- has hang anything on. else. Just
1: one more thing. One oh, more thing. Oh um, wait, you're,
0: he's going yeah. going old Steve Jobs on us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there was something that that I looked at in the paper the other day, and I, to be honest, I didn't read the article, um, but. Uh, Scott, you mentioned you're from Utah, is that right?
2: Yeah, live here. yeah I live in Utah. Yep.
1: Okay, that, that, that's great. Because uh, what's been reported in the papers here is that Utah is the first state to an adopt an official gun.
2: Oh, yeah, this was. I forgot about this stupid thing. It's not going to happen.
1: <laughs> that somebody,
2: somebody, somebody in the state Senate is trying to push for having that as their kind of logo for stuff and no it's no way it's going to pass it's completely Dude, ridiculous wait, what
0: can you explain i didn't i didn't understand
2: i uh, yeah, and i've kind of to be honest i've kind of avoided it as well um but i'm going to find it here real quick gun logo okay so the the whole idea was uh the let's see concealed use of gun application i can't find it now oh here it is the, gun, the Utah legislation, so basically what this means is one guy in the legislation or legislators uh, stood up and said, look, uh, we're considering having a, a state gun. So every state has a state bird. We have a state uh, you know, flag, all, you know, all the things you do in states, and they want to have an official gun. And so they're talking about this 100-year-old uh, semi-automatic weapon that was used in the military in the Old West and stuff like that, and they want that to be – the, this gun on on you know it'll it'll appear on literature and and be you know listed as our official gun and it's not going to happen it's not going to happen mm. there's too much of opposition <laughs> see pe- people forget so Utah an extremely conservative state state outside of Salt Lake City Salt Lake City is fairly metropolitan it's a it's a beautiful city and has just it's culturally diverse and it's it's awesome you get outside of that it gets a little funky and that's where this is coming from it won't pass it's not going to happen it's a stupid idea. Freaking okay. gun! Ugh. No, I
0: think you know, i I I disagree. Actually, I think you should. You know, that would open up a, a whole bunch of different. You know, state things that you could get into. Uh, <laughs> right, the, <laughs> right. You could get a, a, a state. State computer or a state mm. uh,
2: phone or state you know, state, state toilet car. paper brand exactly where do you yeah. stop that's the problem with it the only the only advantage I see is
1: a state technical nuclear weapon
2: <laughs> that's a good idea, but maybe there's so many see our state bird is a seagull, which is not even our bird we get her from california so so seagulls are our our state bird. I think that Maybe an an official gun would lead people to shoot more seagulls, and that's probably good because they're <laughs> trash birds and they're everywhere. Anyway,
0: yeah, I was going to make fun uh, for you having the the state bird being a seagull, but um, our bird is you know a rooster, so it's not like we're especially proud. <laughs> and France has a, or is it Paris or the whole country? No, no, no the whole country. You oh, know, the weird. Germans have the eagle, like the the proud and you know super impressive thing that flies over your head yeah. and we have the 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 little annoying animal feather thing that runs around going like <laughs> and you know wakes you up when you want to sleep and and
2: uh, that was a really that's good actually
0: our, our, <laughs> that's actually our funnily
2: enough as is the emu uh, but, but see, at least yours is exotic. You ours, is, ours is the California gull. It's not even our state's bird. It's like they came from somewhere else.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's exotic for us, Scott. It's not exotic for them.
1: No. no, no not really. That's oh, well, um, yeah, hang on. I, ju- I just they, got to clear for- them out of the backyard this morning.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. For all I know, you know, they might think that the rooster is incredibly exotic, and they're like, "Ooh, the French are so lucky to have the rooster as their national bird."
2: <laughs> okay, uh,
1: I said we're isolated, not stupid.
2: <laughs> Patrick, do you know how quick our national bird, this the uh, American eagle? The bald eagle would swoop down and eat your rooster, like in a heartbeat.
0: (laughs) I know. That is what I'm saying. Why did we choose the rooster? It has to do with, you know, probably because the French are just as annoying. I don't know. (laughs) Do you have a national bird, Turkey? Or is that... The turkey. National
3: bird? Yeah, that that was
0: kind of funny. Yes. Do you have a national bird, Turkey? Thank you, Scott, (laughs) for pointing that out. (laughs)
3: God, it's it's, written,
0: it's, it's so. written with an I. It's completely different.
3: <laughs> I don't think we have any national birds. Okay. As far as I know. We have camels. That, that, that would work. That
2: <laughs> would a, work. Winged, a winged camel. There's your national bird. <laughs> <it>. A whamble.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright. It's good to laugh even when we talk about serious stuff like we do in this show. Um, and I think the uh, Whamble is going to bring the show to an actual close. Uh, I want to thank the chat room that has stuck with us, even though the uh, multi-video thing has pooped out midway through. Hey, wait,
3: um, wait, 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 wait. Ooh. I want to okay, make an I'm announcement. Waiting. I'm sorry? I want to make an announcement on your podcast.
0: Do you want to? Is it yeah. the announcement I'm I'm thinking about? Yes. But... I thought it was too early. And there are live people listening. Oh, wow. You don't. Are you sure?
3: Yeah. I'm just excited, I have to say it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. No problem. So, So, uh,
0: Turkey has an announcement to make, um, which he is very excited about. And we are very excited uh, also. And uh, thank you so much for doing it on the show. I'm I'm honored.
2: he's, He's pregnant, right? no
3: (laughs) (laughs) well they do say sometimes i'm pregnant but i think maybe if i exercise i won't be anymore
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right go for it man
3: (laughs) all right so announcement is i met this wonderful woman on my podcast and everybody who ever heard the first relaunch of my podcast her name is manal and we're engaged Oh, I'm so excited! Yay,
2: <laughs> that's awesome!
0: Congratulations, Thanks, man! I'm I'm Patrick's so excited.
2: <laughs> you know that's true. Up, it, uh, it, congratulations, well. Turkey! That's that's totally awesome, uh-huh. dude.
0: Thanks. Turkey, I'm for, I'm I'm extremely extremely excited for you. First of all, because I'm sure you're gonna be extremely happy. And second of all, because you're going to stop to telling me that, you know, I'm so lucky that I have a girlfriend and that, you know, you don't, you never meet women. And now you, you're actually married. You one-upped me. <laughs> I mean, you're not married yet, but you're engaged.
3: <laughs> yep, i And if everything works out okay, I'm getting married in May. In May?
2: Jesus. Wow. Yeah, don't wait. Yeah,
3: I don't. I don't play, dude. That's incredible.
0: I have to say, though, um, I, 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 without revealing anything too much, I'm, I'm, I've met the uh, my girlfriend. Uh, I don't know, maybe a couple of uh, a year and a half ago. And to be completely honest, I have, you know, no doubt I'm going to spend a very long time with her. And I realized that very quickly. Uh, it was completely different from what my previous relationships so when you're i imagine that you know when you're actually sure of something like that it comes really quick and you don't need to wait for 10 years to know what happens yeah and if
2: you in the minute you find a girl this is this is advice advice to anyone out there we can learn from patrick anytime you find a girl who does not mind a extremely hairy man who smells like cheese get on that stay with her <laughs> do not let her go Anyway. Yeah, I agree.
0: I'm <laughs> definitely not letting her go. Did, did you Did you know immediately, uh, Scott, that you were going to marry Kim?
2: I kind of did. Her? Yeah, yeah. Weird. I mean, I, I'm not a I'm not a big sappy fan of the whole. I knew it was love at first sight, but it kind of was. You know, you kind of you kind of knew. I don't <laughs> it, like to admit it, but yeah, yeah. I kind of knew, yeah. and it was perfect.
3: Scott, okay. Scott, this is what I, I tell Manal. I told her. When I saw Titanic, I thought this is the most stupid movie ever. How can anybody fall in love so fast? (laughs) Now I can't say that anymore.
4: (laughs) That
0: serves you right. Excellent. All right. Well, um, well, the whole of the Phileas Club staff, which is basically me, um, <laughs> wishes you, Turkey, a long and happy uh, life with your bride-to-be. Uh,
3: Thanks a lot.
0: <laughs> and if you want to leave a message to Turkey, uh, you can do that on the blog, which is uh, available at thephiliasclub.com. It will take you to the uh, article of uh, this episode. And please, please, please do go there and leave comments to tell us uh, what you think of this Tremendous event in uh, the show's life. I'm very excited. <laughs> um, all right, so I guess that's going to be it. Uh, would you guys like to tell the listeners where they can find your other stuff? Uh, Turkey, I noticed that A Saudi Life has not been updated since you relaunched it. Are you going to be doing the shows monthly? or?
3: Yeah, monthly. I already recorded this uh, February show and should be out on the 1st of February.
0: Excellent uh, where else can, can people find you?
3: Well, you can find me uh, on the website at SaudiLife.net or on Twitter, and my ID is at saudi
0: excellent um, charles i 'm not sure do you have a website you want to promote? I know you have a Twitter account which I horrendously uh, misspelled a few uh, a couple of hours earlier. <laughs>
1: Uh, I have uh, no online presence and uh, my Twitter account is mostly tedious, but if you're really committed, you can follow me at Xtrepid if you like. Um, Yeah. That's Xtrepid,
0: E-X-T-R-E-P-I-D, and not like the uh, very 90s version (laughs) Xtrepid, which I assume it was. No, not like that, but I love your thinking. (laughs) Uh, Scott, a few people in the world might not know where to find you. Um, why don't you tell them?
2: Uh, sure. They can find me. Uh, primarily, everything I'm up to is at frogpants.com. Uh, if they want to find something new happening, go check out the new morning show. It's uh, the morning stream. Yeah, there's a P joke in there. Uh, you can find that at uh, frogpants.com slash TMS. And they can always follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash
0: How, how's the morning stream going? I'm talking about the show way
2: better than I expected. I kind of went into it thinking it would be kind of, I was something I just have always wanted to do. So I knew I was going to have fun with it, but I didn't know what the reception would be. And I appear to have a unmitigated hit on my hands and I don't quite know what to do with it. Um, our, our viewership in the morning is growing every morning. We capped out at 2:50 the other morning, which a lot for a morning. Um, cool. Uh, of live viewers and then we had another 150 on a audio only stream that people could get on their phones and stuff and then uh we have uh and then the podcast is you know in the twenty thousand mark already uh and it's going up monday through thursday every day and, and, and you're it's putting crazy. the
0: whole it's it's three or four hours right
2: uh no we're only doing uh it's an hour and a half is all so it's 90 minutes oh, okay. um yeah, so it's it's actually shorter than this show now that I think about it. Um <laughs> But uh yeah, it's every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, and Thursday. Uh we take Friday off. It's me and uh Brian Ibbett in the booth and uh we appear to be hitting a nerve. People like it. And we talk politics and crazy celebrity news and, and take phone calls live on the show, and it's it's a whole lot of fun. I'm really digging it.
0: Cool. I'll I'll uh, try to catch it uh we need to call in. Did.
2: We need to bring you in as what We need, we need to pr- prank call you is what we'll probably do at some point. <laughs> just,
0: please, just please you. do that. Um, I'm I'm usually at work when you do it, so it's sort of difficult for me to listen to it. But um, if you call, you know, I'm going to go like, uh, hello, Patrick. This is Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Which <laughs> will be uh, great. Yeah, that would be fun. All right. Yeah. I'll be looking forward to that very soon. All right. Um, and if you want to hear more from me, just go to PatrickBeja.com and find all my links on that site and that is going to be it for us we are going to be back in about a month and uh, by then Turkey might have accelerated his wedding uh, schedule and might actually be married (laughs) and uh, maybe even uh, have a couple of children Uh, I don't know yeah that would be interesting (laughs) (laughs) thanks a lot everyone we'll talk to you in a month bye